And I want to invite you to open your Bibles this morning to the book of Luke chapter 12. And we're going to look at verse 32. In, uh, in the Amplified, it says, Do not be seized with alarm and struck with fear, little flock, for it is your father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. We're talking about God pleasers. Now, when you think about the kingdom of God, Jesus said the kingdom of God is among you. For those of us that have been born again, it's Christ in us, the hope of glory. The kingdom of God lives in us because Jesus, the king, is there. Amen. And I like this verse in Romans fourteen seventeen says, For the kingdom of God is not meat and drink, but it's righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Ghost. So let's talk about that just for a moment. How many of you know it gives the Father great pleasure and He's pleased when we function in the joy of the Lord? We're not to be all stuffy and sad. We're to be joyful and glad. Now why is that? Because the joy of the Lord is our strength. And they that do know their God shall be strong and do great exploits. Strength is an absolute necessity for the time in which we live, for it is the strong spirit of a man that will sustain him in his time of infirmity. He said, Be sombre catiche batasiende. He said, Be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might, putting on the full armor of God. And then another part of the kingdom of God that gives God great pleasure in when we walk in the peace of God. For it is the peace of God that passeth all understanding. It is the peace of God that will keep our hearts and our minds through Christ Jesus. Peace will garrison around us like a group of soldiers in a turbulent country. And so the turbulence comes to our soul. But oh, thank God we're garrisoned about with the Prince of Peace. We're garrisoned about with the God of all comfort. It is the peace of God that passes all understanding. And so therefore we do not want to be afraid. We do not want to be frightened as Philippians 1.28 says. And do not for a moment be frightened or intimidated or anything by your opponents and your adversaries. For such constancy and fearlessness will be a clear sign, a proof and a seal to them of their impending destruction. See, he thinks he's come to destroy us, but he's on his way out. And it'll be a sure token and evidence of your deliverance and salvation and that from God. And so we see then that peace is a choice. When we operate in the peace of God, it's like a, it's like a neon sign to the devil. We're not afraid. We're not afraid. No, we're not afraid. You're going down. You're going down. You're going way down. But we're going up. We're going up. We're going way up. Amen. And then you talk about righteousness. Oh, thank you, Lord. It's righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. For He, God, made Him, Jesus, to be sin for us who knew no sin, that we might be made the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. We are right in God's sight. We have the very uh, privilege to go before the throne of grace and let our requests be made known unto God. And so when we awake to righteousness and when we become established in righteousness, it does some things that are really awesome. Praise God. You see, it's important that we know who we are and where we are and what we have in Christ Jesus. Now, in Isaiah chapter 54, and this kind of couples with Philippians chapter 128, it says, in righteousness, verse 14, he says, you shall establish yourself in righteousness, rightness in conformity with God's will and order. 
And as a result, you shall be far from even the thought of oppression. Think about that. Who's the oppressor? Satan's the oppressor, but Jesus is the deliverer. Amen. So when we come established in righteousness, we're free and far from even the thought of oppression, but not only that, or destruction, for you shall not fear. That's the peace of God. And not only shall you be far from destruction and impression, oppression, you shall also be far from terror. So terrorism right now is a big thing. It's a big, big, big thing in the world. But thank God our God is bigger than any terrorism. Our God is bigger than any terrorist attacks. No weapon formed against you is going to prosper. We take the sword of the Spirit and we put oppression on the run. Amen? You shall be far from oppression, for thou shalt not fear. Now, not only that, and from terror. For it shall not come near you. I prophesy that over you. I prophesy that over our communities. I prophesy that over the state of California. In the name of Jesus. Now we please him when we walk in our right standing with him. And part of that is taking our place in prayer. Now, in the book of James, you're familiar with this verse. In the Amplified, at the very end of the verse, it says this, The earnest, heartfelt prayer of a righteous man makes tremendous power available, dynamic in its working. Now, notice he didn't say the uh, the prayers of an unrighteous man. No, it's the prayers of people that know who they are. People that know how to pray those that are in right standing with God when those people pray it makes tremendous power of that and it's dynamic in its working the King James says the fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much the Bible has a lot to say about fervency in Revelation uh, Romans 12 11, it says that we are to be fervent in spirit fervent in spirit. The Amplified says we are to be aglow and we are to be burning with the spirit. Now, if you look up vines and if you look up strongs, you'll find out that the word fervent means to boil. It needs to be hot. God needs his people in this day to be on fire. To the point of boiling, to the point of overflowing. So fired up, so hot, so ready to pray, so ready to pull down strongholds, so ready to do what needs to be done. He's looking for a praying church. He's looking for a move of prayer here at Heart of the Bay. And we're answering the call and we're saying, Lord, here we are. Here we are. Use us. Send us. We'll get on our knees. We'll do and we will pray. Hallelujah. Now, Ephesians 6 verse 18 says this. It talks about prayer and talks about the armor of God. And then at verse 18, he said, now here's what you do. Pray at all times when it's convenient or when you feel like it. Come on, be honest. How many of you have ever had a time where you didn't feel like praying? But you overcame your feelings and you started praying and then you had some feelings. That's part of walking by faith and not by sight. So praying at all times on every occasion and in every season. 
in the Spirit, with all manner of prayer and entreaty, to that end, keep alert. Keep alert. Watch and pray. Keep alert, saints. Watch and pray with what? Strong purpose. And what else? And perseverance, interceding of all the saints, behalf of all the saints, God's consecrated people. Now, notice that word with me, perseverance. Effective prayer includes the element of persevering in prayer. Not just a few little shandais, shandais, simitai, my bow tie. Not just a couple sentences, God bless them in Afghanistan, or God bless our borders. No, we need to go further, and we need to stick to it, and we need to stay with it and persevere in prayer until the breakthrough comes. See, what persevere means, it means to persist or to remain constant to a purpose. It means to keep going. It means to keep it up. It means never, ever say die. When we persevere in prayer, what we are modeling is some stick to We are saying we are going to be tenacious. We are not going to wimp out. We are not going to be asleep at the wheel. We are going to rise up and we are going to answer the call to pray and to persevere until breakthroughs come. It also means to be steadfast. And here's what I had in my spirit, and that is this. I believe that the captain of our salvation, the Lord Jesus Christ, is looking for people that he can give prayer assignments to. Prayer assignments. Prayer assignments. You think about Afghanistan. That's an assignment. You think about the awakening that needs to take place. That's a prayer assignment. Some people have a, a, a persuasion, a leading to pray for the body of Christ. To pray that the eyes of their heart are flooded with light. Others have the unction and strong bent toward praying for a wake up for our leaders. A wake up for the church. A wake up for the body of Christ. Another thing that we could pray about and be assigned to. How many of you know you could pray 24-7 for the state of California? Hello? Hello? Homelessness running rampant? This, that, and the other, all these things going on? <coughs> that California needs prayer. And God is passing out assignments. Even today. We could pray for the COVID recovery. We could pray for a restoration of businesses. You could pray all day long against terrorism. You could pray about the borders. Whatever assignment that God gives you, stay with it. Keep at it. There are assignments that God is passing out today and will be passing out during the course of the month of September. I believe that God's giving us a plan on how to implement this corporately as a church. These are some things that I have strong in my spirit. And I need to get together with some of my staff so that we can implement as how to do this. You see, it's wonderful and it's awesome that we can come and we can pray corporately. I thought I'd get a bit. I wish I had a friend. 
I wish I had a friend or two up in here. But it's great. It's great when we come together and pray corporately. But that's only a set time at a certain time. What are we doing the rest of the time? I know that the Bible says that one should put a thousand to flight, but how many till 10,000 put, uh, do put to flight? 10,000. Amen. And so thank God. But I've noticed this in our corporate prayer meetings that we bounce around a lot. And sometimes we pray in segments. I call it segment praying. I'll call on somebody to pray for maybe 10 to 15 minutes here, another to pray for 10, 15 minutes there. And how many of you know there's great value in that? Yeah. And there, but there's a lot of bouncing around. But I believe this, that God is speaking to his people about an assignment individually that you can pray about every day. Every day. Every day. Just whether it be five minutes or ten minutes or fifteen minutes. If we will do that, there's going to be so many bases that are going to be covered. It'll be absolutely awesome. Now, the Lord showed me something in 1 Corinthians chapter 12. And I want you to look at that with me. 1 Corinthians, the 12th chapter, talking about the body of Christ, beginning in verse 14. He says, For the body is not one member, but many. If the foot shall say, Because I am not the hand, I am not of the body, is it therefore not of the body? And if the ear shall say, Because I am not the eye, I am not of the body, is it therefore not of the body? If the whole body were an eye, where were the hearing? If the whole were hearing, where were the smelling? But now has God has set the members, every one of them, in the body as it what? As it has pleased Him. And if they were all one member, where were the body? But now are they many members, yet but one body? And the eye cannot say to the hand, I have no need of thee, nor again the head to the feet, I have no need of thee. Are you getting it? So let's talk about the physical body for a moment. The liver cannot say to the heart, I got this. We, we don't need you. I'm taking over. I got this. And the heart can't say to the lungs, hey, lungs, step aside for a week or so. Take a breather. Take a break. Huh? And the lungs can't say to the brain, I don't need you. For heaven's sake, we need our brain. So all the parts in the body of Christ are necessary. You'll notice that there's apostles and prophets and pastors and teachers and evangelists. And there's ministers like you, ministry of helps. Everyone have our function. Everyone have our supply. But you know what? Pastor Tom leads worship. But if you're not anointed to lead worship, you better not get behind that piano. But you may be anointed to usher. You may be anointed to serve in another area. We need, come on somebody, we need one another. And basically it's the same with prayer. There's prayer assignments. The person that has a passion about praying for the lost shouldn't point at the person and say, we got this, we're the intercessors. Uh, you're just a person that's praying over the borders. Just step aside. And a person that's praying over the borders can't rise up and say, hey, you're praying for the body of Christ and an awakening. We don't need you. We got this. No, we need one another. Every one of us have an assignment. Every one of us have a supply to bring. God, if you'll listen very carefully, he'll show you what you're praying the most about. And that very well could be your assignment. 
an assignment. We need to get beyond just praying for ourselves. We need to get beyond just worrying about our finances. We need to get beyond worrying about, oh boy, am I going to get Delta? We need to go beyond that and go to our prayer closets and pray individually over the things that God puts in our heart to pray. And as we're led to receive our assignment in prayer, as we all do our part, the basis will be covered and His will will be done on earth as it is in heaven. This cannot just be a few. This just cannot be the pastoral staff. It is time for all hands to be on deck. And I had the Spirit of God lead me the other day. And he said, Mark, I want you to rally the troops. And he said, this prayer assignment, this emphasis is high premium and it is now top priority. We are believing God for a move of prayer, for a spirit of prayer. How many of you know we can't do it all? But we can and we must do our part. Every one of us have a part. It is not time for us to back off and to back down. It is time for us to rise up. It's not a time for us to retreat. It's a time for us to revive. It's not a time for us to be overcome, but it's a time for us to overcome. And for this to happen, there's got to be a stirring in your heart. You cannot have casual Christianity in this day in which we live. It's just not going to work. We cannot just pick a promise out of the promise box every other day and expect to be loaded for bear. We've got to go beyond a few Shandai Shandais and get into the Spirit and let God pray in us and let Him pray through us for the answers will then come. Hallelujah. Glory to God. There's so much happening. There's wars. There's rumors of wars. There's hurricanes. There's Delta. There's Afghanistan. But in Romans chapter 12, 21, it says this. We must not be overcome with evil. We must overcome evil with good. It, God, it gives God great pleasure when you and I who are in right standing with God decide and make the decision, we're not going to be overcome by this. We are going to come over this, for we are overcomers. Amen? You and I have the authority over all the onslaughts of the enemy. Notice with me in Revelation chapter 12 and verse 11. Revelation, the 12th chapter, the 11th verse says this. And they overcame him, that's you and I, overcome the devil by what? By the blood of the Lamb and by the word of our 
Woo, glory to God. By the word of our testimony. Amen. So there's no question about it. We've got the resources. We've got the weapons. God has furnished us with everything that we'll ever need to live in the last of the last days. But now, our decision to live in the last days by the authority that God has given to us makes a huge difference. See, we do not want to get to a point where we become spiritual pawns. What does that mean? Well, you know, God is sovereign. Whatever will be, will be. But do you know that God in His sovereignty has given you authority in the earth? God in His sovereignty has said this, I've given you the keys of the kingdom of heaven, and whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. Notice He didn't say, whatever I bind will be bound. He said, whatever you bind. Whatever you take authority over, whatever you exercise your authority in, I will back you up in heaven. And then he also said, and whatever you loose on earth is what? Is loosed in heaven. And so we can't just, you know, sit on our hands and say, well, God is sovereign. Whatever is going to happen is going to happen. No, no, no. He's given you authority. He said, all authority in heaven and earth is given unto me. And then he literally transferred that authority to the born again believers. And he told us to go therefore and make disciples of all nations. And he said, lo, I'm with you. Hey, if he's with you, if he's got your back, you're well taken care of. Oh, glory to God. And so a lot of people have this no fault religion. You know, whatever happens, whatever doesn't happen is not my fault. Now, I don't want to get heavy, heavy, revy, revy with you today, but understand this. You and I have a responsibility. And those of us have been taught in the Word like we've been taught in the Word, we have a greater responsibility. Why? Because we have light. And once you have light, then you are responsible to walk in the light and do something about what you have heard. It gets down to the book of James where it says, but be doers of the Word and not hearers only. Not just agreeing mentally with what we're saying, but actually taking the Word of God, giving heed to the Word, hallelujah, and then acting on the Word of God. Oh, my brothers and sisters, if we would just act on what we're hearing this morning, there would be some dynamic changes take place. Amen. Amen. But a lot of people think, well, it's up to Pastor Tom or it's up to Pastor Nancy. It's up to Pastor Brenda. No, it's not up to them. It's up to all of us. All of us have a part. All of us have a supply to bring. We're all part of the body of Christ. The anointed one and his anointing lives in each and every one of us. And you have a prayer closet. You have a car. You have a place where you can go and you can let your request be made known unto God. You can take your assignment and pray and persevere and stick to it until it comes to pass. Glory to God. This is what we're talking about. This is absolute This is a huge necessity right now in our church. Thank God for corporate prayer meetings. But we don't do that all the time. But we can pray individually at all times. I said we can pray individually at all times. And I'm not just talking about just praying one area. You may go into several areas. But I believe that God's given all of us at least one or two areas that we can center in on. 
And I'm talking about this authority. Praise God. Say with me, I have. I have authority. In Luke 10, verse 19, look at that verse with me. He said, Behold, I give unto you authority. Behold, I give unto you power. Literally, the word there is authority. To tread on serpents and scorpions. And this just came off the pages with me, toward me as I was meditating on it this week. And overall. Overall. Not over some. But overall. Behold, I give unto you authority. I give unto you power over most of the power of the enemy. No, I give you authority over all. Be not overcome with evil. Overcome evil with good because I've given you authority over all. This authority that God has given unto us puts us over. It puts us in a preferred position. It enables us to pray from our victory place in Christ Jesus. Say with me, I have authority over all. Over all what? Over all the power of the enemy. Now say this with me real strong. And nothing, and nothing, no thing shall by any means at any time hurt me. Say with me, I can't be hurt. Because I'm living in the secret place of the Most High. I'm living under the shadow of El Shaddai. And I boldly say of the Lord, You're my refuge. You're my fortress. You are my God. And I have trust in you. Over all. Over all. Hallelujah. Say with me, I'm always in the right place. At the right time. Doing the right things. With the right people. I'm always being led by the Spirit of God. In every facet of my life. Now say this like you mean it. In my pathway is life. And there is no death. Overall. Now, with that in mind, look at Ephesians chapter 1 and notice with me in verse 20. The context in Ephesians 1 is talking about when God raised Jesus from the dead. In verse 20, he said, he worked this in Christ when he raised him from the dead and set him at his own right hand, where? In the heavenly places. Now, notice next verse. When I want you to read it with me. Far above all. Stop right there. Where have we seen that word? Authority over all. Far above all principality. That's devils, demons, and evil spirits. And power. And might. And dominion. But and also every name that is named. Every name. Every name. Every name. Every name. Delta. COVID. Come on, terrorism, every name, cancer, every name that is named. 
not only in this world, but also in that which to come. And he put all things under his feet and gave him to be the head over all things to the church, which is his body, the fullness of him that filleth all in all. I just wanted you to see that you have authority over all. If you will believe that, if you will accept that, if you will receive that, you have been authorized. You've been given the name which is above every name. That at the name of Jesus, every knee is going to bow of things in heaven and things in earth and things under the earth. And every tongue's got to confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Well, somebody says, Pastor Mark, that's wonderful that Jesus was raised from the dead, far above all principality and power. Well, look at Ephesians 2.6. Ephesians 2.6. When you got born again, here's what happened. He raised you up together. He raised you up together. He gave you joint seating with Jesus. He raised you up together and made you to sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus far above all principality and all power. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And so over the course of the month of September, we're going to help you to define and to see what your assignment is. If you don't know it, we're going to help you. We're going to give you some illustrations. Ask the Lord what your assignment is. One way to identify it is what do you find yourself praying the most about? What do you find yourself praying the most about? You know, if you ask him, he will show you. And as you identify what your assignment is, take your place and persevere in prayer. Stay with it. Brother Hagin said this. He said, be determined to respond to the Spirit of God. Respond to those urges to pray. He said, sometimes there is a leading, but sometimes there is just a burden. The Lord dropped this in my heart years ago, that purposeful, powerful prayer paves the way for the impossible to become possible. What does prayer do? Prayer prepares the way of the Lord. You do know that Jesus is coming soon. I talked to an expert yesterday at the Signs of the Times, Joe Morris. He's been in our church before. And I talked to him yesterday. And I said, would you be so kind as to put a video together and point us to the signs of the times? There are so many signs out there. You know, every generation thought that Jesus was coming in their generation. You know, you should think that. Amen? But I believe that this is the generation. And I'll tell you one of the reasons why I believe that is because they in their generation didn't have the signs that we have in our generation. I mean, they're all over the place. Folks, Jesus is coming soon. But before he comes there's some unfinished business that needs to take place. There's a harvest that needs to be reaped. And before the harvest, oftentimes there's plowing. There's planting. There's watering. There is praying. Prepare ye the way of the Lord.
In Isaiah chapter 40, in verses 3 through 5, it says this, The voice of one crying in the wilderness, Prepare the way of the Lord, make straight in the desert a highway for our God. Every valley shall be exalted, and every mountain and hill shall be brought low. The crooked places shall be made straight, the rough places smooth, and the glory of the Lord shall be revealed, and all flesh shall see it together, for the mouth of the Lord has spoken it. So what he's saying is this. There's obstacles in the way. The king, when he wanted to come to a certain district or a certain town or a certain village, he couldn't get there oftentimes until the way for the king was prepared. So they would send out workers. They would send out people to clean the area up and to clear away the obstacles, to raise the, raise the land up so that the king had easy access to get to his destination. Come on, somebody. How many of you know that the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords, is waiting for the Bride of Christ to prepare His way? And this is what we're called to do in the realm of the Spirit. And somebody says, well, why doesn't God just make His own road? You know, there's that again, no fault religion. Why didn't He just make His own road, create His own access? Because He's given you and I the authority in the earth to do it. You and I have a legal right to bind and to loose. We have the legal right to raise up, praise God, to cast down all principalities and wicked spirits. Thank you for your enthusiasm today. There are strongholds of the evil one that must be pulled down in the name of Jesus. And as we yield ourselves in prayer, praying, and saying the word as we take our place and we take authority over the works of the devil here's what's going to happen roadblocks hindrances obstacles opposition to a holy ghost invasion are going to be removed i hope today that i'm looking at god's road construction crew i said i hope today i'm looking at god's road construction crew I'm telling you what, God will take your minute. He will take your three minutes. He will take your five minutes. It will go before the very throne of grace. And when all of us get together and we do our part, I'm telling you what, our voice, our prayer becomes like a bulldozer in the realm of the Spirit. Pushing things out of the way. Building up and tearing down. See what prayer will do. Prayer will make inroads into places that we've never gotten into before. The church has not yet seen its finest hour, but the church will. This nation has not yet seen its worst hour, but you and I need to hold that back. We need to hold that back. We need to pray for mercy in the name of Jesus. But the church has yet to see its finest hour. And that's what I want to center in on, the finest hour. The days of heaven upon the earth. The days of the glory of God. In spite of it all, our God ruleth. Your faith, your voice, 
annihilates the enemy's hindrances. It annihilates the plots, the plans. It removes the walls and the barriers. What it does, it provides the way. It provides a way for God to manifest himself. Brother Hagin said concerning the end time revival, he said it must be fueled by prayer, fired by the Spirit, and ignited with God's glory. I'm going to say that again. It must be fueled. It starts where? By prayer. Fired by the Spirit and ignited with the glory of God. E.M. Bounds said something tremendous about prayer, and I quote, He said, In prayer, you align yourself to the purpose and power of God. He's able to do things through you He could not do otherwise. Wesley said, It seems as if God is limited by our prayer life, that He can do nothing for humanity unless someone asks him. Yeah, but isn't God sovereign? Can't God do what he wants to do? Yes, he has sovereignly told us to ask. Come on now. He is sovereign. No, 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 no mistake about that. But a lot of people have twisted what sovereignty is. God has sovereignly attached himself to his word. And whatever his word says we can do we can do and whatever his word says we can pray we can pray well why didn't God just dump it on us Jesus said whatsoever you shall ask the father in my name he will give it to you folks there's something about asking we can know the will of God but unless we ask him the will of God oftentimes will not be done Think about that. Are there some things that you'd like to see done in your life? In your family? Then you better find the promises. And not just find them, but believe them and speak them and act on them. Listen, get God involved in the affairs of your life. Don't have this attitude. Well, I got this. I can do that. I've come this far. Oh, 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 oh. Pride goes before a fall. Oh, we need him. I said we need him. He's the very air we breathe. Oh, man, we need heaven's help. We must not try to do life without him. He said, I am the vine and you are the branches. Without me, you can't do anything. So what do you say we get him involved in our daily walk? What do you say we get him involved in our physical being? Don't just rely on medical science. Don't just rely on your diet. Rely on Jehovah Rapha, the great physician, the Lord who heals you. Get him involved. Get him involved in your physical being. Get him involved in your finances. See, there's a danger in looking to your employer. Nowhere in the Word of God does it say, looking unto your employer, the author and finisher of your faith, the supplier of your every need. He did not say, my employer shall supply all my need according to his whatever. No, get God involved. Get God involved. 
ask Him for supernatural divine intervention in your finances. If you need a better job, ask Him. That's a thought. If you need favor when you're going out there looking for a job, ask Him for favor. Put some legs. Put some action. Ask God. Ask God. Ask God. And He's a big God. And He doesn't mind if you ask Him for big things. He's a good God. He's for us. He's on our side. Get Him involved. Get Him involved. Get Him involved in your city. Don't just put up for this crazy race theory teaching. Get involved. Ask Him to move in your communities. Ask Him to move in your counties. Critical race theory. They're trying to strip us down. For heaven's sakes. They're calling the guy that might be running for governor, Larry Elder, a black white supremacist. What's that all about? Everything is cancel culture. You can't cancel us. We're not going away. We're stronger now than we have ever been. We're not going down. We're not going under. We are going over because we are overcomers. But we need to get him involved. For it's in Him that we must live. It's in Him that we must move. It is in Him that we have our very being. It's only in Him that this nation shall not go down. It's only in Him, the light of the world, the salt of the earth, that will make a difference and change things by the power of God. Woo! Get Him involved. Get Him involved. Ask ye, ask ye, ask ye, ask ye, ask ye of the Lord for rain in the time of the latter rain. Ask ye for rain in the time of the latter rain. Ask ye for an awakening in our land. Ask ye, ask ye, ask ye, pray ye, pray ye, pray ye, and ask and ask, and it shall be given unto you. It shall be given unto you. And the answer shall flow. Hallelujah. And we'll begin to run. Hallelujah. With the vision and run with the plan of God. And soon and very soon we'll all be out of here. But before we're out of here, we've got a job to do. We've got an assignment to fulfill. We must persevere in prayer in the name of Jesus. Woo! Glory to God. Persevere. Persevere. Your prayer and my prayer, it makes a big difference. Well, who am I? I'll tell you who you are. You're the righteousness of God. You're an heir of God. You're a joint heir with Jesus Christ. You're the head, not the tail. You're above and not beneath. You come behind in no good thing. You're complete in Him. You're accepted in the beloved. That's who you are. You are more than a conqueror through Him that loved you. Glory to God. Greater is He that is in you than he that is in the world. That's who you are. That's who you are. That's who you are. Don't sell yourself short. Don't let condemnation cloud your mind and cloud your consciousness and keep you from fulfilling your assignment. We've all failed. We've all missed it. We don't want to talk about all that. The blood of Jesus Christ has cleansed us from all unrighteousness. 
And we've got a blood covenant. And we have a covenant that we must fulfill. You've got a supply to bring. You've got a supply. You've got a supply. And so I'm going to be handing out some assignments. Handing out some resources, some equipping to help you to pray what you have in your heart. Now, we do not want to, you know, be clinical about this because we must all be spirit-led in our prayer life. But certain assignments, I believe the Lord is passing out. There's assignments for an awakening. There's an assignment to pray over the harvest. There's an assignment to pray over the gifts of the Spirit. Come on. There's an assignment, an assignment here and an assignment there. What would that look like? How would that look like? You know, if you got an assignment to pray over the body of Christ, here's what it might look like and here's what it might sound like. You're sitting there in your home. You're calling upon the Lord. You're saying, oh, Lord, I thank you for the body of Christ. I thank you that you've placed your spirit in your body. And I pray right now that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, would give unto the body of Christ the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of you. I'm asking you, sir, to open the eyes of our understanding. Flood our spirits with light. Help us to know what our call is. Help us to see what our inheritance is. Help us to know more about resurrection power. I'm praying for my brothers and my sisters at Heart of the Bay. I'm praying for the body of Christ in the name of Jesus. Give us eyes to see and ears to hear. Strengthen each and every one of us with might by the Spirit of God in the inner man. May we all be filled with all the fullness of God. May we enjoy the fullness, hallelujah, the richest measure of your divine presence. And may the body of Christ be wholly filled with love himself. That's what that may look like. That took of all one, one minute or so. And then when you're done praying that, pray in the Spirit. Pray in the Spirit. And it's amazing where the Spirit will lead you. Oh, hallelujah. That's just one facet of prayer. And we're going to get some resources together so that we can get it into your hands. Amen. How many of you are candidates to be assigned an assignment to pray? You know, that's 100%. Praise God. Oh, glory to God. Pastor Tom, if you'd come. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Your prayer makes a difference. You know, when we started out the service, we started out in worship and we started it out in prayer. Did God hear our prayer? Is he watching over our prayers? That's corporate prayer. But in my spirit, I'm believing God for a move. I mean a move of prayer. Hallelujah. Prayer precedes great moves of God. Let's stand up, everybody, and let's pray over what we've heard today. Amen. Glory to God. Pastor Tom, pray over what we just heard in Jesus' name. So the assignments of the Spirit, God, we hear you speaking to our hearts. Not yes. just to one here or there, but to all of us. Lord, to receive and to respond. There's a cry from the Spirit of God. Yes. And we have ears to hear what you're saying. And God, in one accord, in one accord, yes. we respond. And we say, yes, Lord, here am I. Yes. Send me as I go on my knees. Lord, we receive, we hear, and we respond 
in Jesus' name. Yes. And we thank you for moving in this hour, in this hour, in our neighborhoods, moving in our states, moving in our nation, moving in our economy, moving in our churches, moving around the world. Yes. To see your kingdom come and your will be done. We thank you that the enemy is defeated and that Jesus is on the throne. Uh-huh. Come on, let's give God some praise. Hallelujah. Jesus praise the Lord. He's, he's Glory he's to God. Ha ha ha. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Do you have anything? Okay. Praise God. <laughs> Woo, hallelujah. Well, I've done my best to deliver what I had in my heart. And uh, next Sunday, I'll have a document for you on the awakening. A document for an awakening. What that looks like and how to pray for the awakening. You know, you pray a little while in English and then you pray in the Holy Ghost. Amen. How many of you have in your heart real strong to pray about the manifestation of the gifts of the Holy Spirit? Would you raise your hand? Okay, that's, that's several of you. So we're going to get a document. We're going to get something that will encourage you how to pray how many of you uh have real strong in your heart praying over the nation praying over the economy uh, praying over uh the social area amen and then praying over the political area how many of you have that in your heart so years ago brother hagan had some great prayers that he prayed we're going to give you a copy of that amen we're not just going to have this message just slip by us we're going to do what we've heard Amen. We got any candidates? Yes. Amen. How many of you are in? Say me, I'm in. I'm all in. Praise God. Hallelujah.